Go on, bruh. I'm not even here for that. I'm just here for the food. Hey, yo, is the food ready? Man, Keish, hurry up. I'm hungry. Well, let's get into episode one. Let's go eat. Take number nine. Okay. Welcome to Spiritual Eats. I'm just here for the food podcast where you are welcome to feed your soul mm-hmm. and everything on the menu is free. Hey. So I just want to first give a shout out to my plug, DeMarco, who worked on the intro beat. That mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he did a good job on yeah. that. He worked 40 days and 40 nights on that. So <laughs> thank you so much, DeMarco. But for today's guests, we have Salima and Michelle. Hello. Most of you guys know them as my squad. People call us the trio, <laughs> the, trio. the three musketeers. Right. <laughs> Pretty much any three people gang, that's us. Like if yeah. you see me out somewhere and I'm not with Danielle or Jazz, yeah. more than likely one of y'all. Right. So. Right. But just to give a little feedback of how I met these two to kind of set the tone of how God intentionally works in my life. So mm-hmm. back in 2018, I was working as a catastrophe adjuster. And for those of you that don't know what that is, it's whenever a catastrophic event happens, like a hurricane, I would go out there and I would adjust the homeowner claims. Mm-hmm. And we were in a pretty dry season where I was not busy at work and I just pretty much had all the time in the world. So I remember at my church, they had a young adult night called Fusion. Shout out to Fusion. Hey. Best place to be on a Tuesday night. Right. Besides spin class at oh 645 oh at Atlantic oh Station. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Double plug. Double if you ever want to get a good workout, shout out okay. to DJ Bowleg Spin. Okay, anyway. So, <laughs> before oh, I go any further, um, I need y'all to remember these names. Not y'all, because obviously it's y'all. But listeners, I need y'all to remember these names. Salima, Michelle, Kia, and Maybelline. So, Michelle and Salima and Maybelline are currently my roommates. But let me give y'all the backstory to how all that happened. So, like I stated, I go to Fusion for like the first month. And um, after the second month, I meet Maybelline. And she was the welcome team leader. And Mm -hmm. Salima served on the welcome team too. She was bougie. She wasn't. She wasn't on no. Uh, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. So we can be guys. We didn't really talk. So you know, after a while, um, Maybelline did a welcome team outing, and we played volleyball at a Lawrenceville Park. Mm. We had a great time. I still didn't really know who Salima was, but we <laughs> we bonded off of food. Was it a cupcake? She was still bougie. Yeah, yeah she was still bougie, but still okay. we had cupcakes, and it, no it was a great time. But. Um, so after a while at Fusion, they kept telling me that I need to get plugged into a small group. I'm like, all right, bro, whatever. So I found <laughs> Kia and she was on her way stepping down from leadership, but I still decided to go to a couple of her meetings. Now at the time, I did not know that Miss Bougie over here <laughs> and Michelle or Maybelline 
was Kia's roommate when I first came to her small group. In fact, nobody's, it was just you, Michelle. When I first came to so. Kia's um, small group, it was just you, Salima. I don't know where you was, but cool. probably, <laughs> and May wasn't even there. It was yeah. literally just Michelle, Kia, and the rest of the people in the small group. But I can say, when I first met Michelle, y'all, she was like the most sweetheart <laughs> person I've ever met. Like, so you she met her. Was so nice. <laughs> she was so nice to me. I just absolutely loved her and her smile. If y'all never seen that's Michelle, so her smile is amazing. Oh, that's so, so cute. So that was my first time meeting her. And um, literally, it was a great time. Like, I really didn't know that they were the roommates. And um, after a while, after Kia's small group ended, I was like, wow, I really need another small group. Mm -hmm. So at some point, me and May ended up exchanging numbers, and I was telling her how I couldn't find a small group. She was like, if you don't find one, I'll be a leader, and you can come to mine. I'm like, okay, bet. (laughs) She was like, just give me a week. And within a week, she did get in contact with me and say, hey, I found you a small group leader. Again, not knowing it was Salima, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll give it a try. (laughs) The bougie girl. Yeah, the bougie girl. The bougie girl. Bible bougie. (laughs) But I'm like, okay, I'll I'll give it a try because, you know, I wasn't plugged in. And at the time, I really did need to be plugged in. But, Salima, I remember you were telling me, like, on your end, there was, like, a lot of things going on in the background mm-hmm. as I was becoming to be in your small group. Yeah. Do you remember what was going on during that time? Yeah, it's so funny. I um, I just became a leader at Fusion, and I was kind of building my small group. And I might have like one person. We hadn't even fully started yet. <laughs> it was Chuby, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we hadn't even fully started yet. It was just kind of like you know, yeah, semi marketing, semi like okay, you know, because of course I think <clears throat> leadership is scary to begin with. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I remember in my room <laughs> trying to watch TV, relaxing, and um, I remember that someone knocked on my door. I was like, yeah, come in. Um, and I want to say it was Kia came in and she was kind of like, hey, hey, um, I have somebody that will be, you know, a perfect candidate to be in your small group, like, it'll be perfect, and I was like, okay, you know, and, <laughs> and she was just like, you know, um, her name is Keisha, I said, okay, um, and man, maybe like a couple days later, Maybelline came up to me and said the same thing, and she was like, hey, she's like, uh, I got the perfect person, she she needs a small group, and she's like, I'm going to give you her information. Uh, her name's Keisha. And I was like, who is, like, who is this girl? Like, the mystery. <laughs> why is she coming up multiple times, you know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just felt like it was uh, a repetitive cycle of like, oh, Keisha needs to be in the group. Keisha needs to be in the group. I'm like, well, doggone, Lord. Keisha needs to be in the group. <laughs> so if I have one faithful member, it's going to be Keisha. Yep. So, yeah. Funny. Yeah, that was, that was a process because... Salima, you ain't know who I was. For I did, did not. You? Even even <laughs> at Fusion, like, did you even know who I was? I did not. Exactly, bro. Yeah. She was bougie. She didn't know <laughs> who I was. I'm very, I am, but I think that's a separate <laughs> scenario. <laughs> I'm very one-tracked minded, so yeah, my job okay. in that moment was funny enough to greet. Yeah, that's <laughs> so it. So I was greeting that's the it. others. Yeah. Your job was to greet, so I figured you're doing your thing, I'm doing my <laughs> thing, so I'm like, you know... What? Yeah. Either way, yeah. it was like ordained yeah, by God for, sure. for us ordained. to somehow meet each other. But for sure. I end up joining Salima's small group yeah. and I end up pulling to the house. I'm like, oh, I've been here before. This is where Kia used to live at and Michelle's there again. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, wow, this is going to be fun. But long story short, because I can't go over two years of our adventures <laughs> right. after I joined the small group. <laughs> 
um, it was like mm-hmm. it was history after that. Like we just became the trio. Yeah, <laughs> we literally became yeah. the trio. Yeah, um, we, we did everything. Well, I ain't even gonna say click because you know some people call it a click, but I call it yeah, squad. It's, not, it's, yeah. it's definitely a squad. But um, during the cu- course of those last two years of becoming friends with y'all and other people at the church, I'm like, dang, I my life is messed up. Like, I, I don't really no. know what I'm doing. I was just learning new things about myself. And I just yeah. felt like I was a terrible Christian. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I mean, y'all know, I was like one foot in the door, the other foot out. Yeah. Like, I was tapping into the journey, but I was still yeah. kind of in the world, a little playing the fence a little bit. But y'all were so much further along than I was. And y'all are actually younger than me. And it still blows me that y'all are younger <laughs> than me. But either way, um, their life looks so much different than mine. And it's just because we were all in different seasons and walks of life. Yeah. For them, for them, they have been on this journey for mm-hmm. a while, and I was just now tapping in. And we had, yeah. we had pretty much different perspectives in the beginning, but we end up kind of getting <laughs> somewhere yeah. in the middle. But initially, we had different perspectives. But that brings me to our topic of your convictions, my conflictions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still things that I do that God hasn't necessarily convicted me of personally, but God has for them. And to be honest, ever since I started following God and getting healthy friends and um, just plugged into a godly community, I realized how much work I needed to do on myself per the path that I was currently walking. Um, I didn't automatically stop nothing. Y'all know that this all been a process, but there are still things um, that I need to work on. So with that being said, like, are there things that y'all were not earlier convicted on in your journey by someone else telling you and you later were, or what does that look like for y'all? Yeah, I think um, for me, <clears throat> one biggest thing, because I think the whole fusion culture will have you check your whole life. Yeah. Um, whole entire life. <laughs> and so um, I know when I first came into the whole fusion community, and I was in a small group myself, um, thought I was killing it till I was in that small group. (laughs) And I remember clearly one thing in particular that was a focus of one small group one night was kind of being mindful of the things that you watch. Mm -hmm. And I was a scandal, how to get away with murder Thursday night, girl, like (laughs) do not interrupt. Um, and I remember my small group leader, I kind of had two at the time, um, we're kind of talking about how, you know, does that align with kind of what it is that you believe in, you know, um, just being a little bit more mindful of the things that you feed yourself. Yeah. And I remember when they had first told me, I was like, well, sounds like a personal <laughs> problem for you, you know, um, yeah. because I'm like, it's nothing, I'm, it doesn't align with what I'm doing, you know yeah. what I mean? And so I was kind of like, it, exactly. it's just because I'm watching it doesn't mean that that's the lifestyle that I'm, I'm living. Yeah. Exactly. And so for me, you know, them talking to me, it was one of those things where you hear it, and you put it in the yeah. file in the back of your brain, yeah. but you're like, good for you. I'm not ready about that right now. <laughs> and I literally, but the thing is, you know, when you are kind of connected to the Holy Spirit, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, no matter where you are in the journey, even when you're watching the show, he's back there like, oh, okay. Yeah. Remember what you learned in small group, right? Right. And, yeah, um, so true. and I literally, it kind of, it switched for me. You know, it took time. It wasn't like I went to small group and they were like, mm-hmm. oh, stop watching things that are inappropriate, you know, or even, you know, just has scenes that are inappropriate, right? right. Because I would say that the storyline of some of the things that I was mm-hmm. watching was fine, but okay, there would be some sex scenes, there'd be some other things in there. Um, 
And it took some time, but eventually I was kind of like, you know, why am I feeding myself this stuff? You yeah, know, exactly. um, it, since it doesn't align with my values, why am I mm-hmm. putting this in, you know? And so eventually I did shift over, you know, mm-hmm. and now I don't watch certain things. And, you know, when I go to the movies, if something is rated R, I'm looking at the parent guide. She sure why. is, y'all. I do. <laughs> I'm Before like, we even movie. can go to the movie. <laughs> I'm like, let me look at the parent guide. Let me see. I'm like, no, nah, I won't be watching that one with y'all. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I just want to keep myself as pure as possible. And I yeah. want to try to filter what it is that I put in so that that kind of stuff doesn't come out. Yeah. And so, you know, but when somebody first told me, was I jumping on like, oh yeah, no more rated R, this goes out the door. No, absolutely not. It had yeah. to be a decision on my own for me to feel like okay you know what lord you are right i should not be doing that right um and so that was kind of what that journey was like for me yeah yeah Yeah, i'll say for me and i like what you just explained because the process of uh being convicted doesn't happen overnight it does sometimes like the lord really works on you for a long time sometimes if 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 you really need to get to that point to me was it wasn't about what i was watching it was what i was listening to Mm -hmm. yeah like the music to me was so hard yeah to give up because it was first of all it was like involved in, like um connected to my culture mm. since i love dancing like quitting some type of music for me was like kind of like giving up parts of your my life culture yeah. and my identity yeah so god took me through this entire journey because i started noticing how much it affected my emotions when i was listening to a specific type of music mm-hmm. yeah. or it got me connected to memories from the past or uh, things that I used to do back <clears throat> home. So it was it was a strong connection to the music. But yeah. then I realized it wasn't that it wasn't clean. It was just um, emotionally affecting me too much. Yeah. yeah. So I had to finally like surrender it. And I felt the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. why have you listened to this? Why, why did you keep yourself beaten with this if it leads you to this type of yeah, emotions? Absolutely. And especially also when I used to go to the gym. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I listened to some type of music also working out. Yeah. When I will jump in my car after the gym, I'll feel so different from when I first got to the gym, but it wasn't in a positive way. Yeah. Like I was leaving feeling like different, uh, not, not in a good way yeah. because I was listening to all this music. Um, so yeah, that was for me the journey that got, um, through, took me through to, yeah. to convict me about what I was listening yeah. to. Do you think it was because of the season you were in that the music was affecting you or just in general that type of music affects you? I would say a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Okay. A little bit of both because back then I was I was do, I, I was going through some stuff yeah. uh, emotionally, you know, grieving on, on a couple of things uh, from my family and my culture. So I'll say both of it yeah. um, was affecting me a lot. But like today, even though I'm, um, I already, I'm over the things that I was going through at that right. time right now if I listen to some type of music it still will affect me gotcha. uh, emotionally yeah, yeah so I'll take both of them absolutely yeah. but then the season and <clears throat> and over in general because right now it all still affect me yeah. yeah absolutely I think sometimes too the music brings on a season that may not yeah. be you know right yeah. so it's one of those things that you might have been fine but if you're listening to all these love songs well, then you start back. feeling I'm like, a boyfriend oh, man, now. I'm, I'm lonely, <laughs> you know, and there's nothing wrong exactly. with love songs yeah. themselves, you know what I mean? But it's just, you know, don't bring yeah. on things that aren't necessary. Yeah. And to sure. me, it was like also like finding, it wasn't about quitting mm-hmm. exactly. uh, the type of music that I like or yeah. quitting the music that I, that I, that I listen to when I dance. Yeah. It was like replacing it mm-hmm. from a Christian song yeah. Yeah, that may give me still, I can still listen to Christian things like talking about God and words about God, 
But I can still get to dance and I can still get to enjoy the music. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It do be yeah. some turned up gospel music. I ain't gonna lie, but yeah, we're just clean. To, yeah, exactly. Cause y'all know I still listen to my trap music, but we'll get to that in a second. <laughs> 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 but I, I mean, yeah, I definitely understand where mm-hmm. both of y'all were at. But yeah. I got like twenty. Yeah, we're gonna narrow it down to maybe like five, five or six. <laughs> but um just stay with me, y'all. It's gonna get long. Oh but <laughs> transparent moment mm-hmm. and this is all about being transparent. Mm-hmm. Um when I first joined small group, I was still having sex. I don't know if people already knew that or not, but, <laughs> but I was still having sex. Like it was just to the point where I would leave small group and I'd go have sex. Or mm-hmm. I don't know if I did it before a small group. If I did, shame on me. Shame no, on me either you way. No shame. You came to small group. <laughs> shame yeah. on me you either way. You were on a different stage. But yeah, like I, yeah. Was, I was still having sex. And yeah. like Pastor Dennis was talking about uh, not having sex over and over again. Even in small group, we talked about mm-hmm. um, being okay. pure and sexual immorality. But I wasn't listening to nobody at that <laughs> moment. <laughs> I was still doing what I wanted to do. But mm-hmm. however... I can say that um, as of May 27th of 2020, it will be six whole months of me not having sex. There we go. Yeah, I haven't had sex in six months. So um, I know to some listeners, y'all like, six months, that ain't nothing. But that took me for two years, okay? (laughs) Like, I started having sex at a young age. And if my mom is listening, I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I wasn't expecting you to listen, but I feel like you're going to listen to this. But, yeah, like, I started having sex um, in ninth grade. Yeah. Um, we're not yeah. going to go down that right, uh, right, rabbit trail. Right. But yeah. I, my whole life, like, I've yeah. been hearing you need to save yourself from marriage, mm-hmm. don't have sex before then, all this other stuff. But yeah, it hasn't convicted me mm-hmm. until now, and I'm 29 years old. Yeah. But um, to be honest, do I still kind of want to do it sometimes? Yeah, but... I don't know. Like, I have friends that tell me they haven't had sex in, like, five to ten years. I'm like, ah, oh, that's goals, but still, God, no. It's not goals. Like, I don't, don't want to wait that long. <laughs> <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but the good part about it is that my immediate circle, um, no one's having sex. Yeah. So, we're not um, fulfilling our minds with things that we shouldn't. Like, right, we have conversations right. about it, but we're not having sex and we're holding each other accountable. But to be honest, like the reality of my sexual addiction, if you will, um, was that I was just chasing a high that was never enough. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter how good it was, it just never was enough. And I got a taste for something that was supposed to be reserved for my husband. And it wasn't my husband and my flesh continuously craved it. Um, yeah, it felt good. If you ever had sex before, you know, it feels good, but at the end of it, you just feel empty mm-hmm. inside. And at least for me, let me just speak for myself. I felt empty every time I had sex and it didn't fulfill me, mm-hmm. um, the way that I needed to be filled. But that was like the fruits of my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my inner projecting and my outer. The root problem was that I never felt love in the first place. Mm-hmm. And I was searching for it all in the wrong places. Yeah. And when I think about it, I never really been um, whole to begin with. My dad was the first person to really break my heart. And that was at a young age. Um, he taught me that men were liars. They can't be trusted. Mm-hmm. I was unworthy. Um, I wasn't able to be loved. I wasn't enough. And like the list goes on. And he ended up dying in 2011 unexpectedly. 
And things for me were never the same from that point on Mm -hmm. because at that point it was too late to confront him with all the ways he hurt me in the past. And at the time, I guess I didn't really understand that um, it takes two people to reconcile, but it only takes one person to forgive. Mm -hmm. And I never really forgave him for like, quote unquote, abandoning me. So um, long story short, I took unforgiveness and brokenness and I carried it on my shoulder and I just haven't, I just started having sex and I realized I was good at it. Okay. <laughs> I was good at it. Okay. <laughs> My partners liked it. Listen, I was good at it. I had no complaints. All and right. you know, no this complaints. is, again, this is being transparent. <laughs> Somehow that like translated to me that they love me or I was mm. worthy yeah, because of this yeah. or this act does make me enough. And that was a lie. And the only way to break up a lie is with the truth. So the truth for me that I got convicted on was that no man will ever be enough unless God is. Mm-hmm. And no man has ever been enough. Right. So the intimacy that I crave was not mm. all about flesh. It was about relationship too. I just simply wanted to be loved. Yeah, that's absolutely. That's all it was. It was just a sexual act that I thought could make me feel like I could be loved. But Mm -hmm. I realized that a man can't solely do that for you. Like, he's going to lack and fall short every time if you look to him for all these characteristics. Like, you can't even look to him for happiness, wholeness, worthiness, whatever the case may be. But that's something you already have to possess. Mm -hmm. And everything else he provides is extra. I didn't know that at the time, but as God convicted me, I realized, Mm -hmm. like, if someone ever leave me or don't work out, like I won't walk away empty because everything I needed would already reside in Absolutely. me and that I'm getting it from God. Absolutely. So, and I hear a lot of people, they say like relationships supposed to be 50, 50 and Mm-mm. what? No, Jeez, like it's a it's, hundred, a hundred, yeah. bro. Like, <laughs> no, we home. both have to be whole. Mm-hmm. So we're not taken from one of another. Mm-hmm. So, um, relationships are all about deposits, not really withdrawals, but when I had that conviction years after that, um, I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. And I knew that it was my creator's job to work inside of me. And, mo- mm-hmm. and most importantly, it was my job to treat myself better. Yeah. Like I was mm-hmm. being really, really bad to myself. But yeah. um, it was also my job to heal. So now I'm in the healing process of Absolutely. getting closer to God and getting what I need from him from all these years. And that's a process in itself. Mm-hmm. It's, it's changing me. It's changing my mindset. Mm. But again, it took years, bro. Like, this yeah. took 14 years. <laughs> like, most people... It's, it's been 14 years, y'all. That's all I can say. It didn't happen in the moment for me. It just happened with experience. So, mm-hmm. when somebody say you should save yourself from marriage now, I'm like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but a couple years ago, nah, I'm not yeah. here now. I'm about to do it. But, um... Another part to that conviction is that um, I have to give my life 100% over to God yeah. for this to work. Uh, and we just talked about today yeah. in church, but it's so crazy. We just talked about this in church mm-hmm. about the renovation of your emotions. Yeah. And like, you have to check your emotions. Yeah. Like, why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. what is the root cause of why you're doing it? You got to face it and you have to give it to God and allow him to come inside of that situation so that he can heal you. So I'm in the process where... God is, you know, trying to help me heal oh, yeah, through that. Yeah, so absolutely. That's that's just one. I know I just said a lot, but yeah. <laughs> that's just one. Rock with me, y'all. We still got about five more left. But <laughs> another one that I was convicted on is that 
honestly, I have to let people go that no longer serve a purpose in my life. Yeah. That's hard, bro. I'm still trying to. I don't know. I'm still trying to get through that one. Like, I'm convicted on it, and I know that certain people of my past need to stay there, and I realize Mm. they can go in the season that God is bringing me. That's evident, but it's so familiar. Like, it's so familiar to me. Like, there's no new BS coming my way. Like, I already know what (laughs) you're doing. I'm just having a great toxic time. No, I'm not having a great toxic (laughs) time. I'm not having a great toxic time, but listen, I know what I'm going to expect and it's not going to be nothing new. Like my emotions are already invested and I'm not expecting anything new. Like I already know, like Mm -hmm. I said, it's familiar, but I I have cut off like every guy, but one, (laughs) I feel like everyone in my inner circle know who Mm -hmm. this person is. And this particular one is he holding on. He, he really holding on. Um, I think he's like the strongest soul tie that I have. And I would like to think it's because I love him. But when I look in the Bible of like Mm -hmm. what's defined as what love is, Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's it. Like what what do y'all think love is? Like if y'all had to give a quick example of what y'all think love is, what would you think? Well... (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to catch you off guard with this one, but uh, yeah. if you don't know the answer, I can tell y'all what the Bible says. <laughs> I, mean, again, I mean, if we're making yeah. up of the Bible, that's we have the answer right exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, however, to me, what the Bible says is uh, what what love is uh, coming from God, because mm-hmm. uh, that type of love, I don't particularly think we can squeeze that type of love from a human being what's on the Bible. Mm -hmm. We can try to model it and we got different scriptures uh, when it comes to like marriage and friendship. But that type of love that we read, uh, love is kind, love is patient, to me that's that's the love that can only come from God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's that's how I see it. Hmm. How God's definition is about love. And to me I mean love is what Jesus gives me every day. Yeah. And I can't expect that from a human being. Yeah. For sure. So it looks a little bit different for me on how I, I see love coming from people. I guess I, I looked it. at it as like even like what it says love is, I looked at it as like that love is supposed to be for everyone. Yeah, not just for God. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because like like you said, it says love is patient, yeah, patient. love is kind, mm-hmm. yeah. it does not envy, yeah. it does not boast, it's not proud, it does not dishonor others, it's not self seeking. <sighs> It's not easily angered, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah. all those things are things that you can, you can do, do with another yeah, person. I can, you, can, you can model them for sure. But yes. I can't expect, I particularly don't expect to receive that from a human being. I expect I that expect from a human being. I, I, Patience? Yeah, kindness? Envy? Not both? Don't dishonor me. Um, don't delight in evil. Rejoice with the truth and protect me. I mean, There's I'm not saying that I have a low... That love to me, it's impossible to to give it as a human being, if that makes sense. Is no. it? I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it's impossible. Being yeah. patient it and being sense. kind. I feel like those are qualities and characteristics that we we gain, especially if yeah. you're calling yourself a believer and you're spending time with the Holy Spirit. You should look yeah. like your father. And so 
Now, are you no. saying now if we're, if we're saying that somebody is a hundred percent patient in all areas? Exactly, that's, that's not going to be like, the case. I don't, I don't see. But, that's not humanly humanly possible. I don't think uh, it's going to be like one hundred percent because nobody's a hundred. But I, I, I should expect, expect it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, expect I'm not saying anybody can be a yeah. patient. Like people can be patient, of course. But the way that I see it on uh, that Bible scripture, a hundred percent, I, I, that's that only come, can come from God to me. One hundred percent can come from God because yeah, exactly. people are human and people make mistakes. Yeah. So I'm not going to expect. That's why I was just saying, like, until God is enough, no one else yeah. is going to be enough. So right. if I'm looking to you just for love or for patient kindness, whatever the case may be, you're never going to fulfill that for me because yeah. that is something that I need to get from God. But if I'm in a relationship, you Hello? better be patient, yeah, kind. Be kind. I'm not, I'm not expecting <laughs> that in a relationship, but like you all were saying, like yeah. a relationship is a hundred, a hundred percent invested. Did you all think you're gonna get a hundred percent of each one of those characteristics? The definition of love. I feel I, like yeah. I, I was like I feel like I disagree too. with you. <laughs> like, we're going down that yeah, we are. Hole. We are. The point I was trying to make. I, I see what you're saying in the sense that you know because we don't want to throw you under the bus, but yeah. I'm like you know yeah. you're saying that you can't look for 100. percent But her the question that I understood was what does what should love look like? Right. And so that's a guideline for what love should look like. Yeah. yeah. So I'm so Across sorry if you're not being patient yeah. and kind. No, I, I, I have the right to the say that I'm not getting yeah. what I. You know what I mean? That's yeah. that's what is an expectation. Not even yeah. let's take relationship out of the like a romantic relationship. Right. But let's just say friendship. If you're not patient and yeah. you're not kind to me, yeah, why in the world I'm are we not friends? Negating those those things to be received from a human being. I don't think a human being can that can give that a hundred percent. Like I my my hundred percent of each one of them is coming from God first, and then from that place I can give them to somebody. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Because I think we're going to. Yeah, I mean your point. point of view. Whatever, it's your opinion. It's, it's your yeah, opinion. we were just, so we, we were, were just, just giving you confused. feedback on it. But the point I was going <laughs> yeah. with it was to basically say that everything I had in that relationship was not what you were looking for. It wasn't and not what it. Yeah, that's where I was gonna go with it yeah. once Michelle defined what love was in her perspective. <laughs> Um, I think what's important too that I think a lot of people don't pay attention to is what love is not. Right. You know, because um, people show love in different ways, of course. You know, yeah. we've got the love languages and all of that jazz. Um, but it's important for you to know what love is yeah. and what love is not. And yeah. so yeah. when you're that seeing somebody treating you in a way that does not align with what love mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. you know, you've got to love yourself, first yeah. of all, more yeah. to recognize that you deserve better yeah. than to stick around with somebody that's not showing you the qualities of what love should be. I agree. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, yeah, me and him may have love, long story short. <laughs> right? I was like, I didn't know how we got there. As I don't know how we got there, of but... Of our conversations. Like, again, when I look at what love is, um, we didn't have that. Like, we were always easily angered, jealous. We didn't trust each other. It was always lies. And, you know, that just went on for five years. And we argued, never solved problems, had sex, argued, never solved problems, had sex. So it was like a, a sabotage cycle for yeah, myself. For it didn't really practice. display what I feel that God has for me as far as um, what love was. And it was a real toxic relationship. And I don't know. it's something I need to let go. And I feel like in my mind, <laughs> in my mind, I feel like I'm scared to let it go because maybe I feel like eventually it will work or I don't know. Like y'all seen the movie Acrimony, right? No. Oh, you seen it, Michelle? Oh, 
basically, long story short, quick story time. Acrimony with Taraji. She's holding this man down. They go through the ringer together. And then eventually, what happens is... (laughs) Spoiler alert! What eventually happens is he leaves her for another woman and gives her everything that he ever promised this girl. Like, but Taraji went through the whole... I think you've talked about it. Bruh. I'm scared that's going to happen. But I feel like <laughs> that may be the reason why I don't hang on. Because I don't want him to give another woman what I have feel like I have worked for or mm-hmm. been put through for. Yeah. Um, and I kind of just feel like it's it may work. And more or less, I think the reason is because I don't think God is going to bless me with someone that I feel like I deserve. Or maybe I feel like this is as best it's going to get. But when I think of, like, my ideal husband, like, for the traits and the characteristics, it's definitely not him. So, Mm, I kind of feel like that's, too, where where the inward work comes in, you know? Because it's one of those things that, um, you know, when you realize where where you are and your worth and all of that and realize that you're a prize, you look for a prize, you know? Yeah, that's true. And when you don't feel like you are one, then you accept whatever there you know and so I would say that that's part of the process of just you know it's it's an inward it is journey I'm working on it like I know what I need to do I'm convicted of it like I know like that gotta go there's no way and I just want to say like light cannot exist with darkness at all Um, if you are dealing with somebody that's clearly not on the same page with you Mm -hmm. like ask yourself why like I had to sit Mm -hmm. there and ask myself why am I dealing Mm -hmm. with this person and now that I know the why I can take it to God yeah (laughs) right I'm like take it to God like hey (laughs) this is how I feel and hopefully God will help me work through it because Honestly, what it really shows me is that I have a lack of faith and trust that God won't bless me for the men I'm praying for. So I have to, like you said, Salima, do an inward thing of myself to figure out, you know, do do I really trust you, God? Like I say, I trust you, but I'm not doing any steps towards it. So, Yeah. yeah, I get that. Um, we on number three, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Girl, <laughs> number three is boundaries. Like we can talk about that all, like, day, all, all day. Talk about all day, Bruh, Boundaries <laughs> is gonna definitely be a podcast later. It's gonna be called mm-hmm. uh, "You Cross the Line." So that's something we could definitely like go deep yeah. on. But just surface level, um, I wasn't convicted on boundaries at first. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I was letting people text me at all hours of the night. Yeah, uh, let people come over at all hours of the night and. Uh, that ain't work out for me, just so y'all know. But <laughs> I can say boundaries are important for yeah, you and for the other sure. person because mm-hmm. a lack of boundaries is always going to invite a lack of respect. Absolutely. I don't care how you twist it, turn mm-hmm. it, you will be disrespected. Yeah. So, Salima, you say this all the time. You teach people how to treat mm-hmm. you. So yeah. you can't say one thing and do another and Absolutely. expect different mm-hmm. results. And Honestly, if there's a crack in anything you say and somebody get a whiff that don't yep. have no boundaries, mm-hmm. like, oh, I can probably just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, sway her a little bit. Yeah. People, people will try, will try you, try you all day long because they really want to see how strong you are in your boundaries. Can I can I trust what you say? Does it align with what you uh, yeah. walk in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. How, what was y'all's experience on boundaries? Is that one of your Ooh. convicted things? Too? <laughs> <laughs> Total journey for me. Yeah. I think it is for everybody, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's- Especially if you come from a um, household and an upbringing where your boundaries were never taught or acknowledged. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was my background with my family. So it was definitely something that I had to learn as I am walking with Christ because I didn't I didn't have that um when I was uh growing up. Yeah. 
so yeah it's definitely a process and it still is sometimes uh, a process yeah yeah i agree absolutely um yeah, we're going to talk more about boundaries yeah. Yeah, I was in like, the podcast. Because I got me. so much to say, right. but we we on limited time, y'all. Right. So the next thing um, was that I need to read the Bible. And I'm going to make this short because <laughs> I don't want to hold y'all for too long. But um, at first, people were telling me that um, I needed to read the Bible. I'm like, bro, I'm not reading that. It's boring. But <laughs> I can't. <laughs> But I can't say now, like, that's where I go for, like, all my guidance, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. that's where I get all my confirmation from, mm-hmm. Absolutely. and I love the scripture, your word is a lamp to my feet mm-hmm. and a light to my path, and that's so true, yeah. like, I literally go to the Bible first, and then maybe to my godly community to look Absolutely. for answers, but um, it helps, and I know we're doing, like, the 365 Bible Challenge, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. just learning things and gaining wisdom bring more clarification, at least for me. So I wasn't convicted at first to read the Bible, but now I feel like it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not as boring as it's I not, thought it was. Like go. God was yeah. a savage, bro. There you go. I don't know who this man is in Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> like he was just he was doing the most. But yeah, it's the Bible helped me realize mm-hmm. more or less that I'm human. Absolutely. And that I will make mistakes. I'm gonna fall short. Mm-hmm. I won't always make the best decisions or make God happy. But uh, praise God for Jesus, cause uh if it wasn't for him, who knows where I would be. Um, some of the things in the Bible to me are relatable because it causes me to just reflect on my life and make changes. And um, it just helps you realize that you're not the only person going through stuff. Like right. the Israelites had it rough. Well, they kind of made it bad on themselves, but still, they, they <laughs> right. had it a little rough. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, I ain't going to give you all my other ones because it's, it's a <laughs> lot, bro. Just know I've been convicted by Jesus to change journey. my life and I'm on the journey. Yes, right. But I do want to ask y'all, are there any things that you have not been um, convicted on? Mm. That's a good one. Um, I would say, um, I'll go back to my, my filters of things that I watch. I would say one area that I've not, I have watching things that have a lot of profanity in it i don't personally curse never have so that's never been a a struggle or anything like that and i think for me at work um people cuss all the time you know um walking down the street in walmart you know people curse all the time and so for me i'm not doing that and i've never done that um and so i think a couple cuss words in a show or a movie like when i am going through my parent guide if it's rated r and it's just for violence and language I typically won't turn the movie down. Right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm starting to get into a place almost where sometimes when it's rated R for language, it's excessive yeah. and it is absolutely it's insane. It's and so, yeah, it's, it's almost like it takes away from the movie itself. Yeah. And so it. if it's excessive cursing, I, I won't watch it. Yeah. Um, but I know that there are some people that if there's like two, two cuss words, they not watch it, it <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I yeah. think for me, because it is around me all the time, I'm like, ah, I mean, it's not like I don't hear it on a regular basis. You know, mm-hmm. if it's not taken away from the storyline, it's typically not something that I would shut off just yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's an area that I haven't been necessarily convicted on fully. I guess I would say I'm in the process in a sense, because if yeah. it's rated R for language and it's, I feel like it's excessive, I won't watch it. Yeah. Um, but you know, will I turn a show off just because I heard a couple of F-bombs? No. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'll say it will be the same for me, but I do, like, I don't turn away a movie when it has sexual content because right. I skip it. Yeah. So I do, I do. We do. do. We always yeah, skip I, it in the house. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy movies. So, um, yeah. 
I'll just skip that part and try to keep it going. Sometimes I feel like sometimes the because I skip the sexual contact, I don't I don't see it. So yeah, to me I'll say the same with Salima when I have so many when I hear so many uh cuss words. I'm like, yeah, oh, it's too this much. is really yeah <laughs> too much. So I'll I'll like turn it off yeah completely. But I'm still getting convicted maybe to start turning them down when they see sexual contact. So yeah. I don't have to even deal with skipping the scenes. Yeah. Uh, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm, that's where you are. The process. <laughs> that's where you are. Absolutely. Because like me, I still watch shows that got sex yeah. in it. But because of the season I am in where I'm not trying to have sex no more and I don't want to have those thoughts in my mind, I am fast forwarding it. But yeah. I haven't been convicted to like mm-hmm. turn it off and not Something watch it at all. So, yeah, I'm still watching the shows. But like you said, I'm fast forwarding through mm-hmm. it because sometimes I don't even know why sex that's is in movies. It's so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. Everything yeah. is always about sex. Like you literally could have took that scene out and the movie would have still been a success. Absolutely. Like, I don't get it. But and it's not even like the how it was in the early two thousands where you know they got in the room the light in you see the bed and they then you moved on you know what I mean but I mean now it's literally pornography it I'm like is. what in the world like yeah. I don't want to yeah. watch this I'm not here for this the show yeah. starts with it yeah it does <laughs> I'm like I'm cutting this off it does yeah that one I'm not really yeah. convicted on yet but that's just where I'm at but again. I have to be mindful sure. of what I'm feeding into mm-hmm. exactly. my um, spirit because I am in a place where where I'm at can go either way. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still in the process of not doing it, but I don't want anything, like, wavering that Absolutely. at all. Exactly. You don't um, want to open up doors yeah. that you then have to yeah. start all over. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You know, deal with them. Yeah. For sure. Um, another thing, I'm not convicted <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, I mean, she looked at me, y'all. <laughs> okay, so y'all, I I be dropping a little bit of f bombs. Yes, not a lot. Yes, she does. <laughs> Listen, yeah. I I cuss sometimes, and me and Salima had this conversation last time. Yes. That it's not a conviction that I need to stop. It's just no, it's a respect thing. Oh, okay, I was no, like, that's not it, what yeah, I that, Let me finish, bro. Okay. You said it's not a conviction. At least for me, it's not a conviction for me that I need to stop. But it's more or less a respect thing. Like I respect y'all because y'all don't cuss, yeah. so I'm going to limit it how much I do it. Like even with <laughs> Danielle, like if I cuss at Danielle, I remember we was at the in the Bahamas, and I'm like, girl, bring your way. She was upset. <laughs> she was upset, uh, and just some people don't like. You, no, they don't like you cussing. Yeah. So I mean, I'm not necessarily convicted that I need to stop cussing because <laughs> you not. know I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it's hurting nobody. I don't think it's hurting nobody, but I do feel like I need to be an adult and I need to figure out other ways to um, articulate speak. your thoughts. Yes, <laughs> articulate. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's just not something that. God has placed on my heart <laughs> to do. I'm trying though, yeah. but you know. Because I guess as you keep, you know, reading your Bible and finding scriptures mm-hmm. that speak into that area, you will find a little bit more of conviction. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that will come with also meditating in the Word mm-hmm. and having a close, closer relationship to God. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I think my cussing come more or less like during my road rage. That's another problem I gotta get rid of. But oh that gosh, ain't even a, a whole another story. <laughs> That's not even a, a point right story, now. But yeah. like my road rage and then work be making me mad. It's just yeah, y'all know. But yeah. either way, I'm not convicted on that yet. Yeah. Um, another thing I'm not really convicted on is that you know me and Salima had this conversation last oh gosh, night. I'm nervous. <laughs> 
Right. I'm like, wait a minute now. Let's make sure we clarify. Bruh. Okay. So y'all know I'll be sharing stuff on Facebook, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It'd be funny. Yeah. It'd be funny yeah. to me. And like y'all can't like let me ask y'all a question. Okay. Do y'all think the stuff I share on Facebook is funny? Just yes or no? Sometimes. Okay. I yeah. said yes or no, but that's okay. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I gotta go down my own path. <laughs> Sometimes, do you think that some of the stuff that I share is inappropriate or um, that I should not post? Because I get from a lot of people that, um, you know, you you shouldn't share that it's inappropriate. But I think inappropriate is subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. what do you think is inappropriate? Because I exactly. feel like yeah. I'm I not on you. Facebook sharing porn. So oh, that's inappropriate. You would not be friends. <laughs> that's, that's inappropriate to me. But if I'm sharing a video because, I don't know, Quita is going off on a McDonald's worker and cussing <laughs> her out, that's funny to me. But oh, people, would be, <laughs> people would be like, no, you shouldn't share that. That's inappropriate. So I, I don't know. I'm not really convicted on that area yet. So, Michelle, did you have anything to add before I share what I said last night? <laughs> So what I was talking about with with Keisha last night was that, you know, I feel like sometimes the social media, not sometimes, your social media is a reflection Mm -hmm. of kind of who you are, right? And so I'm not going to share anything that does not align with who I am, Mm -hmm. right? So what you see on social media should be who you see when you meet Mm -hmm. me at Walmart. That's true. I agree. And so... I don't walk around using profanity. Mm-hmm. So why in the world would I share something with a bunch of profanity in it mm-hmm. if that doesn't align with who I am? Yeah. Right? And so that's my biggest thing is, is let it be who you are. I share a lot of dad jokes. That is who I am. I am the corniest joker. Yeah. <laughs> like, my, I think things are funny that are yeah. lame. You know? <laughs> Whatever. It's funny to me. I'm here for the dad jokes. Um, and so the things that I share... That people take it. I mean, it's unfortunate, but people take what you share and t- and apply it to who you are. And they really should not. Like, but I mean, that's what bro. that's what you advertise, you know. And yeah, so for me, you know, for. if if you're saying that you're not following Christ, then I wouldn't expect your social media to look like you do. To be clean, yeah. Right. But if I'm saying that I follow Christ, then my social media should look that way. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody should look at my social media. And then let's say, for example, they saw my social media before they saw me. And they're going to judge me based off of what they've mm-hmm. seen online. Yep. And so I want when they meet me in person for it not to be exactly. a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Than who they saw on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I don't have Instagram. I guess for <laughs> me, because everyone on my Keisha Dorn's page is someone that I know. So everybody on there knows me. And I don't know, like, how I see it, in my opinion, is just that inappropriate is inappropriate whether you share it or not. Sure. So if you're laughing at it and it's inappropriate, does like how does that mm-hmm. make it a difference between me sharing it and you still laughing about it? But, I mean, it's, again, it's subjective because I feel like everybody get like a chuckle off my page, but then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, they judge me and think I'm inappropriate or the most extreme is you're living a double lifestyle because you're going to church, you're reading the Bible, but you share something on your page, but y'all laughing at the same thing that I just shared. You just don't want people to know you laughed about it. So it, for me, it's kind of like, you know, like, I, it's not that serious. But that's that's just where I'm at. It, it's not that serious. Right. When, it, when it comes to social media, like, I guess I'll just ask you, do you all a question? What do you want people to think about when they look at your social media? The same as Salima, kind of like the same idea that Salima mm-hmm. had. I don't care what they think. At least for me, like, I don't care what you think. Because what I know is that I'm human. And half of the people that go to Victory is laughing on my post. 
literally laughing at half of the stuff I share, whether it's um, inappropriate or not. Mm-hmm. Maybe they won't share it on their page. I get it. You don't want people to know you think it's funny or you <laughs> want to portray yourself yeah. as this person that does not laugh at stuff like that, but behind closed doors you do. Whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, mm-hmm. I am who I am. Yeah. And I just expect people to be authentic mm-hmm. of who they are. When Absolutely. you meet me in person... We gonna laugh. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's gonna be inappropriate stuff that happened, and I'm gonna laugh about it, whether y'all think it's funny or not. But to go back to your question, mm-hmm. what do I want people to think? I don't want you to think nothing. Right. Absolutely. I, I don't want you to okay. think anything yeah. when you go to my page because for me, social media and my regular life, like who I am, I separate the two. So if you want to okay. look at my page and say Keisha is this person, that person, all because mm-hmm. she shared this, then. I, that's on you. That has nothing to do with me. Gotcha. I know where I'm at, so. But I wouldn't say that, you know, I mean, literally what you just said before earlier, which is that you didn't feel that cursing was a problem. And so you're like, you know, yeah, I drop a couple, of, you know, F-bombs yeah. once in a while. Um, and then in the next breath, you were talking about how you, you know, you're, you're right, enjoying reading the Bible and things like that. I honestly don't think that your social media will ever really be far off from who you are. And so rather it's intentional or unintentional. Mm-hmm. And so the, you, what you just said you post aligns with what you just said you do in real life you yeah know? I really do and so, in real life. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're saying that you exactly. curse in real life and you're saying that you you're on this journey now to kind of like get more into scripture and things like that and yeah. so rather you wanted it to align or not your social media does align with your well I guess the life. issue is people saying that um I'm not a true follower of Christ and I feel like that's like, an extremely what? judgmental that's, yeah. that's, that's like that's the that is not where judgment. I'm coming that from at all too, yeah like that's too extreme like mm-hmm, you yeah. literally gonna say I'm not a follower of God because I share something inappropriate or even because I cuss like every, the whole point of this podcast is just to show like everybody's in a different mm-hmm. process of their life mm-hmm. so I mean I'm at a process where I don't feel like cussing is an issue yeah, yeah. not saying that I should do it Pastor Dennis if you ever hear this I'm not telling people to cuss I am literally saying where I am at I don't feel convicted to change where I'm at right now mm-hmm. will that change tomorrow maybe I don't know but yeah. Just where I'm at, it's not. Yeah, good It's not there, you know. Okay. But yeah, that's something I'm not really convicted on. Um. So with that being said, like, how do y'all feel when somebody try to press their religion or their journey on you? Shall I let you go first? I feel like I'm oh. going first a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a good feeling. It's definitely <laughs> not. not a good feeling in. I guess I, I think to me a lot of people get uh, church hurt mm-hmm. by you know having experiences from 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 that point of view. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I I run away from people that <laughs> try to press on things on me, especially if we don't have a previous relationship. Like you yeah. don't know then me. Yeah. done in love. If you don't yeah. know. If you don't know what I've been through, if you don't know the reason why, why I do, do it? things this yeah. way, right. and like if you don't know, like you just say the journey that I'm on, how? No, don't come to me. Like yeah. Yeah. I don't even want to talk to you yet, unless it's people that come. In, it's coming from a close uh, group of people that know me, yeah. that actually know me, and I know they have genuine love for me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. I receive it all day, all day long. I always listen to people. Like I have an open heart to listen to 
people from 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 different perspective and different feedback. Yeah. I'm I'm oh, you all know me. I agree. Uh, but somebody that doesn't know me, come on. Right. No. Yeah. I, I don't. For me, is it a place of judgment or love? Exactly. Right. Like I can accept anything somebody say to me if it's coming from love. a place yeah. of love. Yeah. But if you judging me, like I remember my friend told me, what are those churches called where they be screaming and hollering in the church and they be falling out? Is it a pop? It's not like a pop. I don't know, but he was telling me he went to one of them churches, and, like, when he walked into the church, like, the lady hugged him and said, take your earrings out. Oh. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. Like, y'all know me. Like, I have tattoos. I I have earrings. Like, I wear 26-inch weaves sometimes. Like, literally, (laughs) literally, (laughs) if I walked into church like that, like, they would deny me Mm -hmm. at the gate, too, if they're denying somebody with earrings. So, it's kind of like... How can you yeah. expect people to come to Christ mm. when you're denying them? Yeah. Like, you're not mm. really accepting who they really are to mm. even show them the way. And I feel like it comes with relationship yeah. versus religion because first you have to get them in the door. Right. First you have to invite them yeah. into Christ, not reject them yeah. to whoever they are. Because the Bible says, come as you are. Right. So how can you sit there and say, oh, uh, come as you are, but... Matter of fact, take off your earrings. You have tattoos. You need to cover that up. That's not that's not accepting them. That's sure. that's denial. So for me, it's like if you don't have a relationship, don't tell me nothing about what I exactly. need to do. Don't throw religion sure. at me. Don't tell me um, that I need to change my way because that's religion, not relationship. Uh, sure. So yeah, I think I, I definitely um, agree with what you're saying because I think it has to come from love. And a lot of times, exactly. there's a lot of people that come from, you know, just throwing Bible at you without having the relationship there, right? My mom used to always tell me, um, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yeah. And I think um, when you are forceful, when you, and especially if your life doesn't align, right? Yeah. Like, let's walk the walk first. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and then try to bring people on board. Now, and this may be getting to something different, so stop me if I need to. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I definitely agree. You know, people come as, as they are. And I think that the only part where people kind of jump in there is when, you want to come as you are, but you don't want to stay as you are. Yeah. And so, you know, you want to be loving and you want to welcome people mm-hmm. in. And I think that when we have a good relationship, exactly. you know, I wouldn't be a friend to you if I see you right. doing something that doesn't align mm-hmm. with the path you yeah, say you absolutely. want to go on. Yeah. And I just sat there and was like, oh, well, girl, you know, you, you on your journey and, you know, you yeah. might be here. No, I mean, you yeah. know, whenever she cuts, I'm like, hey, you know, <laughs> like every time, stop it. <laughs> you know, because it's one of those things like, man, I love you too much yeah. to, to say to see you say that you're going to mm-hmm. go down a path and then you're not actually moving right. towards that path. But that's and relationship. So, and that's relationship. That's relationship. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that, you know, it's kind of a slippery slope. I think people jump the gun too quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, I don't I didn't build a relationship with you. So now I'm ready to right, I'm ready to kind of attack you for where you are. And it's yeah. like, eh, let me build the relationship with you first. But I wouldn't have a real relationship with you if I see you going down the mm-hmm. wrong path or you're not, you yeah. know, you're kind of living Directly. blindly yeah. and your life is not aligning with the word. Okay, I'm going to be like, all right, you've been this thing for like a month now. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> when are you going to start acting like you're supposed to be acting? You know, like let's, let's yeah. pick an area to grow in and let's actually make some movement mm-hmm. yeah. towards that direction. So I feel like it's, it's both sides to it. I get that. Yeah. So... Just piggybacking off what you're saying, like, when there is people around you that are in a different season, like, do you think it's okay to be around them? Or, um, I mean, I guess you kind of answered this to say that, yes, it's okay to disagree with their walk, but it's something that you have to do with love. Like, everyone's always in a different season, but if, I guess I want to know if it's a problem in your life. Like, would it ever be something that would prevent your walk with God? prevent my walk with yeah. 
No, I don't being around true. someone that's not in the same season as you. I think you need to have people from different seasons in yeah. your life, oh, right? Yeah, because it's sure. like, you know, if I only hung out with Christian people, and I think that that's something that mm-hmm. gets hard, you have to be very intentional. Because I think, yeah. you know, once you start getting into small group and you start yeah. serving at the church, and your circle becomes very godly yeah. very quickly, it does. which is fantastic. You need that. Mm-hmm. But you also need those that are in different seasons that are coming in that, you know, are kind of just getting started and things like that. Because yeah. otherwise... Who's going to show, you know, mm-hmm. who's going to take you under their wing? Who's going to talk to you? How can you even disciple right. to somebody? Exactly. That you're, you're, if you're not yeah. talking to somebody. Yeah. And so I think, um, is it okay to have different people in different seasons in your life? Yeah. yeah. I think that that's healthy. Yeah. If you're just getting started, you know, should your yeah. inner circle be, be the club folks? <laughs> like, yeah, you know, <laughs> definitely not. We when want to get club, started, <laughs> you know, um, but I do think that it's healthy to have people in different seasons, but you also have to know where you are, too. For sure. And before you start saying, oh, I can have, you know, both sides. You can always have both mm-hmm. ends, you know, but who's your inner circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's pouring into exactly. you? And that's, that's what you really thing. need to be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Not, only, not only that, I feel like it's good to have people in different seasons as you, not just for bad things, but yeah. for good things as well, because... Mm-hmm. Because you've been there, you now have insight to right. something that I don't know about. Exactly. So if I ever am in that season later, I can come to you to say, hey, I know you've been through this before. How do I get exactly. through it? So that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. But um, it's it's a slippery slope mm-hmm. for me sometimes hanging out with people that are not part of the journey that I'm on. But um, like you said, Salima, you just have to be mindful of where you're at. Um, some mm-hmm. things that my friends that are not in the church want to do, I have to say no, because yeah. if I say yes, mm-hmm. then it, it is going to look like a conflicting thing if I am following God and pursuing yeah, something absolutely. else. So, yeah. What about you, Michelle? No, I agree. And I would say, too, that you... You lose your taste for things over time. Anyway, yes. you know I don't what I mean? want to go to the club right. anymore, bro. I'm exactly. not. And so it's like you don't necessarily uh-huh. have to be forced out of that scenario. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think that happens naturally. naturally. As you become yeah. closer to Christ, you start looking more like him. And the things that he's not super fond of, you know, you stop being super fond of. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. All right, cool. I think that's all I got, y'all. Um, what I wanted to just say in closing, I guess, is understand that sometimes God's provision comes in a process and not a moment. Mm. And, you know, it could come in a moment, but if you're not in a place to receive it, you are going to miss it. So um, I think it's always good to align yourself to be able to hear God or be in a place where you are surrounded by people that are going to give you good advice. Um, Not even just good advice, but if you're on a journey with God, godly advice, because sometimes those two two things don't align Mm -hmm. up to where you're going on your journey. So next time someone presents to you a possible change in your life, um, think about who it's coming from. Is it a source that I trust? Is it some truth to it? Um, Ask yourself, like, how can my life be impacted by this change or not? Is it really going to hurt me to make this change or will it just make me uncomfortable? Because you can deal with uncomfortable, but just being on a journey by yourself, doing something that you know you're not supposed to be doing, that's way worse than being uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. But um, also just do a self-reflection on yourself. I always look at myself and say, are they right? Like, when we have conversations, (laughs) I'm like, nah, bro, I'll agree. And then I go upstairs in my room. Yeah, they was right. (laughs) Why you didn't come back and Every single time. So I just, I would say be open-minded. Like, don't be closed-minded to the fact. And if you're not on this journey with God, 
I mean, this is still good stuff for you, but if yeah. you are, be open-minded. Like, some things, like, the Bible says we cannot conform to mm-hmm. the things of this world. Yep. Listen, sex was a bit, again, sex was a big part of me. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and I pray to God that I don't do it again until marriage, but, you know, a lot of people won't see it my way, but eventually, as you grow in this relationship with God, he starts to change your mind. Yep. And he mm. he changes the way you think, your, your concept mm. of things, so... Um, the only thing I would leave y'all with is just keep pressing towards God. Yeah. Uh, read your Bible, get you some godly community that will hold you accountable for your actions and surround yourself with like-minded people. If you're not equally yoked, it's just not going to work. I, I don't see how it will um, because two different mindsets are not going to go the same path. Mm-hmm. But do y'all have anything y'all want to close out with? Just Thank you. Summed it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yay! Long time coming. She got it. Yes. <laughs> Well, thank y'all so much for listening to episode one. Um, I hope y'all enjoyed it. If you haven't already, follow us on Facebook and go like it. Um, Also, leave me some feedback. I I do like constructive Mm -hmm. criticism. So, very constructive. (laughs) Nothing else. But thank y'all so much. And stay tuned for details on season two. That's all I got. Thank you, y'all.